I want to be an overcomer. Anybody else want to be an overcomer with me? That means we have to fight for it because nothing just comes by itself. Satan does everything he can. He's the God of this world, you know. So he's doing everything he can to undermine us so that we won't be overcomers. We'll be uh, underwhelmed, if I can use that word, by the tricks he gives to us. So we're doing this series called Fight For It, where we're looking at the different items of the armor of God and trying as best we can. It's not just an artsy thing. I mean, we're trying to be practical on how these bits of armor fit on us and how they protect us. So we're going to go back to Ephesians 6. This is the, uh, the basis of this outline, and I want us to read together. We're going to put the scripture up here. I'm going to read it. When we get to the bold print part, I want you to say it along with me. Put on the full armor of God so that you can, say it, stand your ground against the devil's schemes. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to, say it, stand your ground. And after you have done everything, say it, to stand. So stand firm then with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. The key word for us here is readiness. How do we get ready? We got to have our shoes fitted. What are the shoes? It's the gospel, which means good news of peace. Peace. Isn't that what we really want in our lives? Peace. Did you know it's available for you? For some of us in this room right now, we haven't felt peace in a long time. There's been chaos, turmoil, trouble, difficulty, fear. Jesus wants to give us peace. How do we do that? Something we have to do. We have to put on the shoes. 1960, President John F. Kennedy proposed to our country a new thing called the Peace Corps, where as an alternative to being drafted into the military and having to go serve two years wherever Uncle Sam sends you in a potential war someplace, you could sign up for the Peace Corps. Now, you had to have a college education because they didn't just want anybody. They wanted people who had skills. And they would send these young people over, all over the world. As a matter of fact, in, by 1966, there were over 15,000 Peace Corps volunteers serving in 16 countries around the world. And what they were doing is they were teaching them how to be more productive agriculturally with their farms, how to be more entrepreneurial when, when it comes to their businesses, how to give better education, better health care. These were specialists who went out into the world to make the world a better place. They were making peace instead of making war. I want to challenge you to become a part of the Christian Peace Corps, where we're committed to making this world a better place, not just for us, but we're exporting it to other people. So I want to share six things, seven things, excuse me, about peace. The peace that you long for, peace that we all really look for, but some of us are convinced by now in our life it's not available for us. And I want to tell you, yes, it is. I want to tell you how. Here's number one. Shoes help you stand firm. 
We just talked about standing. We have to be able to stand. Uh, we got an image of some Roman soldier shoes we're going to put up here. This is what they look like. They were more sandals than boots. But look at the soles of those things. They had cleats. Why? We have to think militarily like they thought back then, not like we think today. These soldiers would stand up in a line and form a wall. Several tiers deep. And their job was to make sure the enemy can't come through. So you have to stand your ground. You don't dare slip. Because if you slip, when the enemy is coming at you swinging a sword, you're dead. You have to be able to stand your ground. You, Christian, have to stand your ground. There is an enemy out there that wants you to slip and slide all over the place. Shoes help you stand firm. Because you can't fall for every lie the enemy sends your way. You can't fall for every temptation that comes knocking on your door. You can't fall for every offense that's coming to you. You live on planet earth. You can't help but be offended. But don't take up the offense. Don't get mad at people. Don't hold grudges against people. Let it go. That's how you find peace. Here's the second thing about this piece. Shoes ensure mobility. A soldier's got to be able to stand firm and not let the enemy come through that wall. You also have to be able to move when you need to move. When the Lord tells you to do something, you have to have freedom in your life to be able to do that. You have to be obedient to that. In Acts chapter 1 verse 11, the angel said to the people after they watched Jesus ascend up into heaven, the angel said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like matter as you saw him go into heaven. Stop looking back at the good old days. Some of you in this room, I know you long for the good old days when the Lord touched your life. You long for the songs that they sang when the Lord first touched your life. You long for the place where you experienced God first in your life. You long for the good old days. But what the angel says is, why are you standing here looking back to the good old days? Get busy making some good new days. This is the day God has placed us, not back then. I had a glorious experience when I first came to Christ, but I'm never going to be able to go back and experience that again. What I get to experience is a brand new move of God. And I want to be a part of that. Romans chapter 10 verse 15 says, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You see, you got to go with it. You got to take it where the people are. Too many churches sitting around praying that people will come into the church. I'm praying that the church will go out to the people. The church needs to live out there. It's not what happens in here. We're getting our batteries charged in here so that we can take it out there. That's That's where the battle is. It's what I call marketplace flexibility. You be flexible in the marketplace. What's the marketplace? That's where you work. That's where you spend your time. Those are the people you rub shoulders with. Those are the people you interact with. That's the marketplace. We need to be flexible to be able to speak into people's lives at the workplace. Good word. 
Yes, down there at the workplace where God seems to be totally absent. You just brought him in there. Why do you think God put you in there? There's a reason God put you there. Let your light shine. Another place, not marketplace, it's nursing home place. See, that's where people get their last chance. Nursing homes, senior care facilities. Entrepreneurs have invested billions of dollars in America getting ready for the retirement of the baby boomers. They're looking forward to these baby boomers that can no longer take care of themselves to go in some retirement facility someplace, and they're going to make some money on it. But here's the good news. We get to take Jesus Christ to these people who are experiencing their last chance. They won't get another chance. This is it. And I'm so glad that our church has stepped into to Astral. Our church has stepped into Beth's nursing home. We are helping these people, Smith Farms, because it's their last chance. And I want to be a part of that. Here's, here's the third thing I want us to see about peace. Peace is calm and tranquility in your soul. Down on the inside. That's what peace is. In other words, your house can be burning down and you still have peace because it's in your soul. You can lose your job. The doctor just gave you a horrible medical report, but you can still have peace because it's in your soul. Not in your body, in your finances. It's in your soul, down on the inside. Jesus calmed the storms in people's lives. Calmed the storms for the disciples when they were out. Remember when they were in the boat and a terrible storm came up? Jesus showed up, calm the storm right now. He can calm the storm in your life. You see, when you're born again, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, when you have that first experience, your soul is at one with God immediately, right now. The problem is there are parts of your soul that need to retool, rethink, reorganize, like your mind, your ability to think and reason your ability to make decisions. You need to change the way you do things. Let's go to number four. I got seven of these, but my last ones are the longest, so I got to (laughs) go. Number four. Peace is the default position for a believer. Not for a Christian, for a believer. What do you believe? Too many Christians really aren't believers. They don't qualify as a believer. They really don't believe. I believe, but. What does a but mean? I don't really believe. That's what it means. In the world, the default position is control. And if I'm losing control, I worry. Worry isn't peace. I'm constantly trying to manage and, and orchestrate things and make things go my way. That's the world's way. So the world is unstable. It doesn't have that peace. On the contrary side, belief says God's got this. I I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but God's got this. I trust God. I believe in God. He lives inside of me. He's made promises to me. I know he's got this. I don't like what I'm going through, but God's got this. That's where peace comes from. Having that kind of belief that no matter what the world throws at us, God's got a better plan. 
He can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for good. It's the way God works. Philippians 4, 7 says it like this. And the peace of God, not your peace, God's peace, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, not the peace of you, the peace of God. When the stock market collapses and you lose a whole lot of money, God's peace is still there because you know he's got this. He knew that was going to happen. When that family member you love and care about dies and you have to go to a funeral, that's sad, that's hard, but God's got this. You can have peace in the middle of that. If the last election didn't go your way, you still have peace. Because you know God's got this. When you can't find any toilet paper at Walmart, (laughs) peace. Peace. God's got this. There's going to be some toilet paper someplace. Just when you need it, going to be there. The default position for a believer is to have the boots of the gospel of peace strapped on tight. Strapped on tight. They can't come off because you got them strapped on and you leave them strapped on. That's peace. That's where we need to be, church. Fight for it. Fight for it. Fight for it. Here's number five. We have peace because Jesus lives in us. That's why we have peace. Because Jesus lives inside. And my belief is that Jesus is in here. Sometimes I don't feel him. Sometimes I do. I've put myself in a position where God can make himself known to me. That recharges my batteries. That's why I need to be here every Sunday. And I get an advantage over you. I get to be here twice every Sunday. I get experience this recharge. I need it in my life. The gospel of peace. Gospel means good news. Have you ever heard of the ABCs of the gospel? Let me give them to you real quickly. A, admit you're a sinner and you're separated from God. If you can't admit that, if you think you got it all together, you haven't got on first base. You haven't admitted yet. That's the A. That's where it all starts. That's getting on first base. Admit you're a sinner and you are in opposition to God. Here's the B. Believe he is the son of God. You got to believe this. Believe that he's a sacrifice for our sins. And believe that the moment you confess it and speak it out, it becomes reality for you. A is admit, B is believe, and the C is you got to come. Come to Jesus and watch him restore the broken relationships in your life. That's where peace comes from. A, B, C's of the gospel. Let me give you several scriptures to support this. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Old Testament, way before Jesus was born, says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government, everybody say government. government, the government will be on his shoulders. Don't put it on the shoulders of some candidate for president. Come on. It's on Jesus. will be on his shoulders. 
And he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He comes to bring peace to us. The world gets its peace from a pill or a spa or a drink or scenery. Just got to go to Florida and sit on the beach, find peace. (laughs) You can find peace right here in DeKalb County, Indiana in the middle of winter if you know Jesus. That's where peace comes from. John chapter 16, verse 33. I've said these things to you so that you'll have peace in me. In the world, you have distress. Anybody say amen to that? But be encouraged. I have conquered the world. This is what Jesus said. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But Jesus has conquered this world. I'd rather be leaning on Jesus than the government of the United States. He's a lot more secure. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. If you can't be thankful, you haven't found peace. Peace makes you thankful for what you do have. A lack of peace makes you want more and more and more and more. You never can get enough. It's kind of a picture of America. Never, never satisfied. Always more, always more, always more. And John 14, 27 says, I give you peace. The kind of peace only I can give. It isn't the peace this world can give. So don't be worried or afraid. Don't be worried or afraid. Don't be worried or afraid. That's a tall order in this day and age, isn't it? Don't be worried. I mean, you read the newspapers, you watch the news on TV, there's plenty to be worried about if you don't have your eyes on Jesus. People in the world are unstable because they have no confidence. Confidence is in Jesus. That's where you find stability. That's where you can stand your ground, never slip, never slide, never fall down. When peace is based on my situation, I'm prone to fall. When peace is based on my Savior, I stand firm. Here's number six. I got 11 minutes. I'm doing good. Number six. Peace is what I make because Jesus works through me. This is crucial. Listen, a lot of you have been disappointed because you didn't see God do what you asked him to do. God works through us. He doesn't do anything except working through us. So if I'm not engaged, if the Christians around me aren't engaged, God can't do anything. His hands are tied. He only works through us. But if I decide I want to be a part of God doing great things in my life, if I decide I want to be a part of that, God starts doing miracles. 
when a church decides we're going to be a part of what God wants to do in our lives. And we start saying yes to God instead of, I'm too busy, I can't afford that. We start saying yes to God. It's amazing what he does. He wants to work through us. In the world, people stir up panic. Have you discovered that? Even the news media, they they report the truth sometimes in such a way that it stirs panic in us. Because they want us to vote for this guy or they want us to vote for that guy. I want Jesus to tell me who to vote for. So what I do, I want to listen, I listen to the debates. When they have these debates, I listen to what these people are saying. And then I watch what they do. And I determine on my own who I'm going to vote for. Which one's the liar? Which one's the deceiver? Which one's always trying to, to, to destroy somebody else's character? I'm looking for that before I decide who I'm going to vote for. Because they represent my country. In the world, people stir up panic, but in Christ, we stand in peace. Ephesians 2.17. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. You see, that's the Jews and the Gentiles. Those that were far away and those that were near. He came to preach peace to them. This is the church of Jesus Christ today. It's a beautiful picture because we are so different We are so varied. He came to preach those that were raised in the church, those that were near, and those that were not raised in the church, those that are far. came to preach the same good news. He came to preach the same good news to whites as he did to blacks. The same good news to the rich as he does to the poor. The educated as he did to the uneducated. Everybody's on equal ground at the cross. Romans 12.18 says, If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. See, it doesn't all depend on you. If you're going to live at peace with somebody, it depends on both both parties. But unfortunately, some people don't know this Christian principle of forgiveness, releasing people, getting free yourself of the animosity for what somebody else did to you. We got to forgive. We got to release got to let it go. It becomes shackles. Unforgiveness becomes shackles that hold me down. I don't want held down. So here's how you do this, because a lot of you are saying, how can I forgive? I don't know how to forgive. I mean, that really hurt. You don't have to forget. You got to release the animosity. So what you do is you get alone with God and you talk to him And you tell God you're forgiving that person. I'm still angry. Yeah, you're angry. But forget it. Move on. It's not worth destroying your life because of what somebody else did. Somebody else hurt you seriously. Absolutely. But do you want that following you around the rest of your life? Wouldn't you like to be separated from that person? The only way to be separated from it because they're going to haunt you the rest of your life. The only way to be separated is to release it. And if you don't know how, I want to encourage you to call the church and talk to us. We've got people that can coach you, that can help you through releasing that, forgiving that. How do do you get that out of your mind? We've got people who can help you do that because God wants you free. 
God's house should be the most drama-free place in America. Some of us in this room have helped add to the chaos. It doesn't make any difference what you think about politics and who should be in the White House and what, what they should do. It doesn't make any difference what you think. We need to make peace in this world because the world's making war with itself. All right. I'm not going to go there. It's in my notes, but I'm going to skip over it because I've only got five minutes left. Ephesians 2.14 says, Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divides us. He already broke down that barrier. I can snub my nose at what Jesus did, but I don't want to. I want to help him fulfill what he came to do. Be a bridge builder. We need to make peace. Matthew 5.19, in the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Happy are people who make peace, because they will be called God's children. Peacemakers. there's, There's a difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. To be a peacekeeper, you have to have a big stick. In other words, you got to... The United States is a peacekeeping nation. we got military all over the world. What are we doing? We're threatening them. If you don't live in peace, you know, we're going to force you to live in peace. Peacekeepers have to have a threat. They have to have something, some action to take. But peacemakers are trying to renew a relationship. Yes. That's where the Peace Corps came in. That's where it gets its name. They were trying to build relationships between the United States that has all this abundance and third world developing countries that have nothing. Trying to be peace, peacemakers. Peacemakers export peace. Our job is to walk in and make peace. Are you any good at that? It's, it's, it's not the best place to be to know that your gift is be a peacemaker. That's my gift. I'm a peacemaker. I have to step into conflict. I would rather not step into. I'll, I'll tell this story real quick. It was uh, year, many years ago. I don't even remember who this was. Maybe you're sitting here and it's you. Just remember that I don't, I don't remember who it was. I just remember the incident. I got a phone call about 2.30 in the morning. I'm sound asleep at 2.30 in the morning. And I want to be sound asleep at 2.30 in the morning. But I got this phone call. And it was a couple in our church. Middle-aged couple. And they were having a fight. I mean, I... It was the wife that called me, and the husband was ranting and raving in the background. Wouldn't stop. And she said, Pastor Deal, can you please come over to our house? We're having this disagreement that we can't resolve. Now, I'm smart enough to know you go over to split up a fight. 2.30 in the morning is a good way to get shot. (laughs) So I, 
I said, I talked to her, tried to give her some advice, try to calm her down. And I, and it wasn't going anywhere because he's still ranting. So I said, let me, let me talk to him. And she says, he doesn't want to talk to you. And I said, tell him I want to talk to him. And then he took the phone and I said, listen, I can't help you resolve this dispute tonight. You've been going at this for hours. There's no way that you're going to solve this dispute tonight. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to let her go back to the bedroom and go to bed. You lay down on the couch and go to sleep. Try your best to sleep. Call me tomorrow. We'll make up an, make an appointment. Did my best to calm it down. I'm a peacemaker. And he said, okay, okay. Got him calmed down enough to say, okay. Next day, I waited for that phone call. It never came. The next day, first thing in the morning, she called me up, thanked me so much for, the, for the, the, the counsel I gave them the other night, and they had it all worked out. See, what the devil wanted me to do was run over to their house and fix their problem. Had I done that, I would be going over there every night solving their problem. I don't want to do that. I want them to work it out. And that's exactly what happened. I was just a peacemaker, just a facilitator. You can be a peacemaker. When somebody comes up to you, the marketplace, and starts ranting and raving about somebody or something else, just think, I'm supposed to be a peacemaker. God, tell me how I can make peace in this situation. Number seven, you won't find peace. You won't find peace until you make peace. Starts with you. I already said this a minute ago. Peacekeepers try to get people to stop bombing each other. Peacemakers try to reestablish relationships. That's what we do. The Hebrew word translated peace here is the Hebrew word shalom. Means peace. Today in modern Israel, where they speak Hebrew, everybody, Hebrew was an extinct language. When they started the new country of Israel and decided Hebrew was going to be the language, everybody had to learn a new language. Whether they came from Russia, whether they came from Poland, whether they came from America, South America, all over the world, Israelites went back to Israel and had to learn a new language, common language, Hebrew. And the common greeting is not how do you do? It's shalom. And when you say goodbye, you don't say adios. You say shalom. It's a common greeting. Peace be to you. Peace be to you. Jesus said, if you go to somebody's house and you find peace there, don't go somewhere else. You stay right there. Because there's peace there. Peace. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up because we're going to sing one last song. And I'm going to ask the people that are going to be up here in just a little bit to pray. I'm going to ask you to come on up right now because I want people to see you up here, that you're willing to pray. So come on up. When peace lives in you, you can then establish peace in the world around you. If it doesn't live in you, if your life is torn up in chaos... You can't give peace to anybody. You need to find it. And the source of chaos is people who just forget Jesus Christ is the peacemaker. He's here to do that very thing. So we need to step into 
the chaos. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it because peace lives in you. It's not gonna, peace isn't going to flee because you confronted chaos. Your peace is still there. What you need to do, step into the chaos. Don't be afraid of it. Step into the chaos. My wife challenged me years ago. Uh, she says, you, you are the lion. Lions step into the roar. She said that because it was a situation I didn't want to deal with. And I was trying to avoid the situation. She said, you're the lion. Step into it. I heard that as God's voice. Step into it. So I had to step into it. I still don't want to, but I still have to. You won't want to, but that's what you're called to do. Be a peacemaker. And if you export peace, God just dumps more in. As you ship out what peace you have to somebody else, God just sends more in, refreshes you. He's a good God. He wants to give us peace. We've got to put on these shoes, and we've got to walk the way he tells us to walk. That's life. That's life. Let's sing this last song. If, let me say this. If, if you have a struggle on the inside of you right now, if you have a struggle on the inside and you realize peace isn't there like you want it to be, this is the place to resolve it right here. Just come up here and let any one of these folks pray with you. There's power and authority in them as they pray for you for this peace to settle in. Let's stand together and worship.